With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Saturday, chance of snow, high around 26. Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 32. And Monday, mostly cloudy with a high near 24. Don't miss the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday only at the Mounds View Community Center. Featuring up to 150 home improvement companies, giveaways, and more. It's the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday at the Mounds View Community Center. See it all at ExpoGuys.com. That's ExpoGuys.com. Welcome to the Minnesota Health and Wellness Show. This program is all about your health and your life. We provide resources and answers to all your health care, elder care, and caregiver questions. And we have a great show planned for you today. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me in studio is Megan Elizabeth Dayton. She is the Senior Projections Demographer with the Minnesota State Demographic Center. We will be looking into the future and talking about Minnesota's demographic trends and the impact these trends and changes will have on our population and what that will mean to us and what we can do to prepare for them. We are broadcasting live and are looking forward to answering your questions today. Please feel free to call us at 952-946-6205. Once again, that phone number is 952 952- Nine four six six two zero five. Our show producer, Eric Nelson, will be answering the phones today while managing the program and doing his best to keep us on schedule. Thank you, Eric. Oh, you're welcome. This radio Good show, <laughs> this radio show is brought to you each week by Minnesota Hospice, an independent physician-owned medical practice serving local Minnesota communities for over ten years with innovative and comprehensive end-of-life health care. If you have any questions regarding end-of-life care or support, please contact the compassionate team of experts at Minnesota Hospice at 952-898-1022 or online at minnesotahospice.com. Each week, we bring you experts from across the healthcare and elder care field to provide insights and recommendations on how to navigate the complexities and challenges of managing your health and the health of your family, especially for those in our senior population and how we can help you prepare for the various stages of life's transitions. In addition, we provide vital information for the caregivers who are essential to supporting our aging population. I am also grateful for the opportunity each week here to discuss these timely and relevant topics with you And I am thankful for the tremendous response you, our listening audience, have provided to us regarding this unique radio show. I also want to thank AM 950 for allowing us the opportunity to pioneer this first-of-a-kind live talk show in the nation dedicated to health and wellness, elder care, and caregiver issues. We are living in an unprecedented time in human history as the over 75 million baby boomers continue to move into retirement age, our population mix is rapidly shifting. The Social Security Administration reported that over 4 million people are retiring each year at the rate of over 10,000 people every day. The Minnesota State Demographic Center estimates that over the next 10 to 12 years, the population of Minnesotans age 65 and older will become larger than the entire population under age 18 for the first time in the state's history. The need for elder care and assisted living alternatives is growing and will be increasing at an accelerated rate in the coming years. This population shift is contributing to an exploding caregiver workforce crisis. Minnesota currently has over 585,000 unpaid family and friends playing a critical role in helping older Minnesotans live at home. There's also a growing segment of our population that are called the invisible caregivers, that are being called on to help fill the gap as the home health care crisis deepens. 
these invisible caregivers are minor children, some as young as eight years old, helping care for aging or disabled family members. We here in Minnesota are not alone in this extraordinary trend. The rest of the country is facing the same challenging realities. This phenomenon has far-reaching implications for our society, our communities, and our quality of life. Each week during this broadcast, we will be discussing the impact this mega trend will have on you and your loved ones and what you can do to prepare for it and enhance your quality of life. Well, I'd like to announce today that uh, um, we are so excited to have with us Megan Elizabeth Dayton, who is the Minnesota State Demographic Center's Senior Projections Demographer. That's a mouthful, but we're going to explore what that means here shortly with Megan. But since 2012, she has been responsible for preparing the annual population projections by age and gender for the state of Minnesota and its 87 counties, in addition to other special projection projects. These projects include, but are not limited to, labor force participation, households, primary school enrollment, race and ethnicity projections. Megan has, is the Minnesota State Representative to the Federal State Cooperative Program for Population Projections, and she's a member of the Population Association of America, the Southern Democratic Demographic Association, and the Golden Key International Honor Society. Megan also holds a master's degree in applied demography from the Center for Demo Demography and Population Health at Florida State University. She's experienced in preparing demographic projections for many different geographies, variables, and purposes. Her research interests include improving upon existing forecasting methodologies used for state and sub-state areas, as well as social stratification and more general demographic trends related to fertility, mortality, and migration patterns. A native Michigander, M Megan lives in St. Paul with her husband and her two children and now calls Minnesota home. Well, welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you for having me. Well, you have done a lot uh, and, and in an area that I think many people don't necessarily understand. Yes. This kind of reminds me of statistics in school, and that was not one of people's most uh, popular class. However, let me just understand a little bit of your background and how you got interested in, in population trends and demographics and statistics and numbers. How did that occur? Sure. Um, I was always someone who was very interested in mathematical trends, um, though the foundationary mathematics was always really tough for me, the memorization, regurgitation. Um, when I was in, I was finishing my bachelor's degree at Florida State University, and I found uh, the terminal master's program in applied demography, and I absolutely fell in love. And I just dove in headfirst. It was everything that I loved about math. Uh, it was repeating patterns in population trends. Um, it was predictive analytics, uh, and it was really fun and tangible because it's people. Right, right. And the trends that you see impact our society. Yes. And as we talk about every week on this show, we're at the cusp of a major megatrend. And we'll talk more about that here throughout the show. But, uh, but I'm also curious about how people get into these fields of either providers or, in this case here, you're helping get information to the legislature and to the state leaders to help them with policy decisions. Yes, everywhere, everyone from uh, state legislators and leaders to general public informing about trends in, in demography. Um, it can be a very silent trend if people don't pay attention to it, but it's also the denominator for pretty much everything that we do. It's the base number behind everything. It creates the, the rates of change. It, it's, it's everything. And it all comes down to dollars at some point. Yes. And it's uh, how, how tax revenues are raised. It's um, how, how tax disbursements are spent. Um, and we see that in the healthcare. Um, there's pressures all the time on uh, limited funding and limited resources. And we have an, a growing demand for those resources, and we'll talk about that throughout the show. Yes. Well, um, let's talk about your the, the, the department that you work in. Um, we've got, uh, uh, it's kind of a newer 
you, you don't hear about the state demographer's office much on the news. Right. <laughs> and so could you tell us a little bit about, about your, your office and, and why they exist and who do they serve and maybe how that whole thing works out? Sure. We are the State Demographic Center. We are housed under the Department of Administration for the state of Minnesota. Uh, most states in our country have a state demographer, a state demographer's office. They're not uh, organized the same way, um, unified across the country. There's, um, I'm not sure if, if your listeners uh, are aware, but in uh, Arkansas this year, um, it was on the ballot to elect uh, a state demographer for the first time in Arkansas. So that's pretty exciting. But our office uh, communicates with the U.S. Census Bureau to provide vital statistics, information, births and deaths from our Department of Health um, to inform the population estimates program that the Census Bureau does. Um, as mentioned in my bio, I'm the uh, representative for the Federal State Cooperative for Population Projections. Um, there's another position in our office uh, by our estimates person who is the uh, liaison for the estimates branch of that. We do a lot of state data center management um, and coordination, probably most importantly for the decennial census that happens every 10 years and the next one being in 2020. All right. Um, so in, in terms of um, your staffing, you guys have a pretty small staff. Yes. I looked online and um, I, I've heard Susan Brower um, uh, speak before. Yes. And I think she's been there for about the same time you've been there, isn't it? About five, six years or yes. so? Okay. Yes. But there was a gentleman there before her. Tom Gillespie. Tom. And he was there for like ever. Yes. I mean, <laughs> he was, I think it was 36 30. years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, anyway, I can hear the music. Um, we're up against our first break here. But when we when we get back, let's, um, let's start to dive into some of what these changes are in the demographics and start talking about numbers and trends and things. Great. So it's time for our first break. We will be right back to continue our conversation about Minnesota's demographic trends with Megan Elizabeth Dayton, Senior Projections Demographer with the Minnesota State Demographic Center. Stay with us. Are you thinking of selling your house or downsizing to main level living for an easier lifestyle? I'm Janelle Holty with Seller's Edge Home Team and Coldwell Banker Burnett, your agent with heart. My team specializes in selling homes and helping you find the next property for all life stages. Call me today for your free equity assessment. I'll get you moving. That's Janelle Holty at 612-203-9661 or find us online at sellersedgehometeam.com. You know how it is with vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, then you throw them away, right? Well, not necessarily. Often, fixing your vacuum can be cheaper than replacing it. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum in Roseville? They offer free estimates. So if you wish your vacuum worked like new again, drop by. A1 Vacuum is ready to help clean up your vacuum cleaner act. Find us at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Hi, I'm Matt McNeil, and I want to encourage you to join me weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. for The Matt McNeil Show. It's a Twin Cities-based full hour of talk where we discuss what's going on in the state and in the nation from a Minnesota perspective. We'll be joined by a lot of great guests, and we'll take your phone calls. Interact with us on the Twitter page, at Matt McNeil Show, the Facebook page, Progressive Citizen X, The Matt McNeil Show, and on email, comment at am950radio.com. The Matt McNeil Show, weekday afternoons at 3, right here on AM 950. Hi, I'm Kirk. And I'm Chad. With Bricks Real Estate and the House Geeks Real Estate Show, Sundays at noon on AM 950, here with your House Geeks Market Minute. 2.88 is the average number of showings per listing per week in the 200 to 400K price range in the Minneapolis area. This is down year over year and is a main indicator of demand in the marketplace. 
Pending home sales are down over the same time last year as well, 5.6%. The conventional 30-year interest rate is at around 4.83%. This is down over last week's 4.86%. Conclusion for buyers. The market is a little quieter and rate increases have slowed. Therefore, this might be a good opportunity to hop back on the horse. For sellers, if you're not on the market yet, it might be a good idea to hold out until the market activity picks back up. Want to know the smarter way to buy and sell homes in the Twin Cities? Check us out online anytime at housegeeks.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Healthcare Show, and this program is brought to you each week by Minnesota Hospice, an independent physician-owned medical practice serving local Minnesota communities for over 10 years with innovative and comprehensive end-of-life health care. If you have any questions regarding end-of-life care or support, please contact the compassionate team of experts at Minnesota Hospice. You can find them online at minnesotahospice.com or call them at 952-898-1022. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me today in studio is Megan Elizabeth Dayton, Senior Projections Demographer with the Minnesota State Demographic Center. We are talking about Minnesota's demographic trends and the impact these demographic changes will have on us. Before we get back in our conversation, Megan... Is there a place that people can get more information about the results of all the work that you and your team do? Is there a website that they could access? Yeah, we have a great website. It's um, mn.gov slash demography. And uh, on that website, people can see our estimates, our projections, some reports that we publish on an annual basis, um, some dissemination that we do from the Census Bureau when they release the annual American Community Survey every year. Okay. A lot of great data. Yeah. Well, and the reason we have you here today is to help interpret some of that data for us, because sometimes that can be overwhelming, the amount of information that you guys do collect. As a reminder to our audience, we are live on the air today and are looking forward to taking your questions. Please feel free to call us at 952-946-6205. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about you last segment and and, uh, how you got brought into this by by your uh, love of numbers and and trends and mathematics in college and a little bit about uh, the department and it's really an important department i want people to understand that that the work that you guys do really ultimately gets translated into policy um, through our government at the state government level and it also is information that gets rolled up into our national uh, database of trends and and demographics um, so with, with all that information, all the work that your great team does for us, let's talk about what some of the trends are that, um, that we are seeing here. Um, and as I, as I intro the show, we, we always talk about this mega trend, um, that we see the baby boom generation, which is 75 or 78 million people that are rolling into retirement and, and what an impact that's going to have on society here, um, over the next, uh, 10, 15, 20 years. It's huge. Uh, education and healthcare are the largest expenditures in our state budget. Uh, and as we have people who, um, it, we call it the dependency ratio, those uh, under age 18 and those over age 65, compared to our working age population, uh, when those eclipse each other, it becomes problematic for expenditure. Well, right. And let's talk about that eclipsing, because I make mention to that too in the intro, that for the first time in our history, we're going we're gonna to be shifting where the amount of people are in an age bracket. Yes. So talk about when, when are you guys potentially estimating that changeover? Well, there'll, there'll be actually more people that are 65 and over than there will be people that are in a younger uh, demographic. Yeah, we expect that to happen for the first time in 2020 in our current projections data set. So a little over a year from now, 
Wow. Um, I think it's important to talk about the nature of projections, too. We use inputs as a base population from the US, uh, from the U.S. Census Bureau. Uh, we use current trends in birth rates, death rates, and, of course, we have the wild card of migration. So anybody can move to Minnesota from another state, and it's not regulated what they look like or how old they are. So some things can change in a demographic projection. Um, a demographic projection will be wrong. It, we just hope that it's as little wrong as, as it can be. Um, those things can be updated and changed, but one of the things that's fairly certain is the age structure of our population, how it's, it's um, older adult Minnesotans are booming right now. Well, and, and, and of course, they're getting a lot of publicity. Um, they're, they've been called the silver tsunami um, it's this, it's just, just significant trend of the, of the post baby boom generation. Um, and we seem to have labels for every group of people that are running through you. You actually, we talked about before the show, you're a millennial. I am. And, uh, and so here you are uh, representing a demographic of age, um, along with the focus really being on how this baby boom generation is going to potentially impact the millennials, um, and uh, and so we could talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the some of the unique things about the trajectory of this projections you have, sure, and and how that could affect the millennials. Sure, well, uh, there's several. Uh, definitions of the generations floating around out there. Uh, our office, for consistency purposes, uses those defined by the Pew Research Center. Um, it's a it's a national think tank. Um, we do the the silent generation is those born 1928 to 45. Baby boomers are 1946 to 64. We have Generation X in the middle, which is 1965 to 1980, and then the millennials are 1981 to 1996. And what do you call the people after 96? <laughs> I don't think, as far as I am aware, I don't think that there is a defined name for them yet. Okay. But um, post-millennials is pretty safe. And, and does it really happen that when, once they get into that adult age, is that when they kind of get uh, a name or some nomenclature attached to them? Because you know, anything here now up to 2018, I guess, is, is this newest generation um, that's going to be helping support <laughs> all these other generations yes. down the road. Yeah. Um, I, 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 was, uh, I was interested, I was reading a story um, about the, the Social Security Administration and how they, they look at, at things because they have to fund what's going on in these changes in demographics. Right. And there was a, I saw a story about the first person that um, received a Social Security check. Her name was Ida Mae Fuller. And uh, she had, she, um, received the first check from Social Security when she retired. And she had paid in $22.54 during her lifetime. And she ended up living to be over 100 years old and collected over $23,000 in, in health, in, um, in Social Security benefits. And I, I think as we're looking at, uh, we're living longer, I think. And you can, you can tell me some of the demographic issues there. But I mean, back when Social Security started, I think the average age for women was 62 and the average age for men was 58. Um, well, now women are, I mean, we're, we're, we have patients on our service that are over 100 years old. Yes. So the, the, the length of time a person lives now is much longer and has a tremendous impact on, again, the services and the resources needed to help support them. Yes. At end of life. What are you guys seeing? Are you guys seeing us living longer now um, than we used to in prior generations? It goes back uh, just a short time, but it has increased in the recent years, definitely. And that'll be putting pressure then on, again, the services and the, the government uh, uh, resources that are being used on, on helping support them. Yes. All right. Well, I'm hearing the music here. We're up against another break. Uh, it's time for a quick break here. We will be right back to continue our conversation about Minnesota's demographic trends with Megan Elizabeth Dayton, Senior Projections Demographer with the Minnesota State Demographic Center. Please stay with us. We have a lot more to talk about. Thank you.
November is Govember at Rudy Luther Toyota. Rudy Luther needs to clear their inventory of fantastic 2018 Toyotas before the end of the year. Come see the popular and cool 2018 Camry with 0.9% financing to well-qualified buyers. And Rudy Luther is a top 10 largest volume Toyota certified pre-owned dealer in the country. The reason why? A second to none reconditioning process, great selection, and the best prices. November is Govember, so get going over to Rudy Luther Toyota, five miles west of downtown Minneapolis on 394. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake DeRoff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Steve, what are we going to talk about this week? Are they finally ripping up the regulations around the big banks? Why is there more single female homeowners versus males? And one third of people are using their credit cards for home renovations. Is this a good idea? Check us out for more information. and Email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to The Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. It's just a few weeks before winter officially settles in. Is your home ready for the holidays? Now is the perfect time to get your entire home zero resified by the cleaning heroes at Zero Res. Get three rooms clean starting at just $149. You can also get $50 off your air duct cleaning when you call 952-ZERO-RES, 952-ZERO-RES, or book online anytime at ZeroResMN.com. Zero Res, spell it backward or forward, it spells the same. Native Earth Radio is proud to announce we're adding an extra hour. One hour's too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. Great. More time for me to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national native news with reporters all around the country. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and streaming live on Facebook. Lowry Hill Meats, your neighborhood full-service butcher shop that works directly with family farms. Using whole animals gives Lowry Hill Meats the benefit of preparing custom cuts and dry aging. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, including whole duck, roasting hens, turkey, quail, pheasant, and Cornish hens. Their sausages are made fresh in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Try their handcrafted sandwiches. They are second to none. Lowry Hill Meats is located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis or online at LowryHillMeats.com. If you're someone that counts on AM950 to bring you the latest in progressive politics, news, and talk, remember, we can't do it alone. Support our many great advertisers and let them know you heard about their business on AM950. If you don't know who to talk to, simply write AM950 on your receipt. AM950 is supported by small, local businesses, so you're not only helping us and those businesses, but our local economy as well. For a complete list of our sponsors, log on to am950radio.com. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, a chance of snow is possible after 3 p.m. with up to half an inch of snow. Temperatures in the mid-20s. Tonight, snow is likely to continue with lows around 20. Sunday, the flurries may continue with highs near 28. Sunday night, cloudy skies with a low around 17. EatLocalMinnesota.com's store of the week is Lowry Hill Meats. Working directly with family farmers, Lowry Hill Meats is your neighborhood full-service butcher shop, offering beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, in addition to delicious handcrafted sandwiches. Check them out at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis. Soon we'll be 30 years old. Our songs have been sold. We've traveled around the world and we're still roaming. Soon we'll be 30 years old. Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Healthcare Show, and we are brought to you each week by Minnesota Hospice. And if you have any questions about end-of-life care or support, please feel free to contact the team of compassionate experts at Minnesota Hospice. You can find them at minnesotahospice.com or call them at 952-898-1022. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me today in studio is Megan Elizabeth Dayton. She is the Senior Projections Demographer with the Minnesota State Demographic Center. And we are talking about Minnesota's demographic trends and the changes that are occurring and the impact those changes will have on us. And um, Megan, I know people are going to be interested in finding out more information about what is going on with our population. And could you give us that website again that uh, people can log into and uh, get more information? Sure. Our website is uh, mn.gov slash demography. We also have a general helpline for data requests that people can send emails to. That's demography.helpline at state.mn.us. 
Fantastic. And it's a great service your organization provides to us, and it's information that uh, you guys develop for all of us to be looking at. And we'll talk about that later in the segment about what kind of preparation we need to be doing if we're paying attention to these trends. As a reminder to our audience, we are live on the air today and looking forward to taking your questions. If you have a question for Megan, please feel free to call us now at 952 946 62 Zero five. Well, the last segment we started talking about the trends and the, the different classifications of generations um, from the silent to the baby boomers to the X's, the millennials, and, uh, and someone had, had contacted us saying, well, it's Generation Y is the, the latest gener- or generation, uh, yeah, Generation Z is the latest generation, but that hasn't been officially pronounced yet at this point. That's right. According to the, the Pew organization, right? Okay. That, as far Pew as I understand research. it, yes. Yeah, all right. Well, let's, let's, talk, let's get back a little bit about talking about this, this baby boom generation, because that is the one that's right in front of us, and we are, we are rolling into this, this um, massive megatrend of shifts in our, demogra- in our demographics. Could you, Megan, talk to us about just how significant that is? And I'm looking at some of this information that you, you provided to us uh, before the show, and I, I see these massive bars on these graphs. Uh, can you tell us about what that means Sure. Uh, Over the last about 50 years, from 1950 to 2000, um, we saw uh, in in the thousands, uh, adding to Minnesota's population 65 plus, we added anywhere from uh, 85 down to 47,000 people per year, uh, per decade, I'm sorry. Um, And with the projected trends uh, that we have coming between 2010 and into the 2020s, uh, we're adding multiple hundred thousands of Adult Minnesotans age 65 plus, uh, over 300,000 uh, in the in the 2020s. Yeah, if people could just see this graphic, um, it, it is it is shocking to see the trend for like you say 50 years was pretty level, pretty consistent, and then literally here in the current decade and the next decade, it goes triple to four to five times as high. I mean, it, it looks like you made a mistake. Yeah, it does. <laughs> on your graph here. But, it's, but that's why if people really understood the impact of what we are experiencing, are going to experience, they would maybe think a little bit differently about what they're doing maybe right now. And we'll talk about some of that later on here. But, but it's really, uh, folks, it is just striking what we are in the midst of here and what we're going to be going to be experiencing here over the next uh, decade. Yes. Um, and these, these folks will stay 65 plus, of course, because people don't get any younger. <laughs> However, uh, after the 2020s, we get back to business as usual in the 2030s with new 65 plus people. Right. But what's interesting on the graph here is that the amount of people turning 65, though, goes back to the same levels it was, it looks like, or gets close to the same levels as it was for the prior 50 years. Yep, that's our business as usual, yeah. Our business as usual. Yeah. So it really is these two decades that we're in the midst of right now that are the, the, the anomaly um, from what history has been. Yes. Okay. Wow. Again, folks, look on, the, look on Megan's website here at the State Demographer's Office because it is just really amazing to see how these things translate into graphs and, and charts. Well, let's, let's keep talking about that um, and, and review some more of this information that you have. Sure. Um, we like to look at uh, an age pyramid that shows us uh, five-year cohorts of, of folks in Minnesota separated by their gender. So we have males on one side, we have females on the other side, and we can kind of put them in order. We have baby boomers on the top that are uh, between 64 and 50. Um, we have Gen X behind it, and then we have millennials, and we can kind of watch them move up through the age groups. Um, about 65 is when we start to see the impacts of mortality uh, hitting those individual cohorts uh, pretty hard, and we see them decline at the top, which is why we call it a pyramid, because it's smaller on top than it is on the bottom. Um, what we're moving to as this giant generation of baby boomers moves up is more to um, a population column rather than a pyramid because we have so many uh, older adult Minnesotans. And one of the primary impacts of aging for all of us in Minnesota will be on our public budgets. Exactly. And that's one of the big concerns that we have on the show is that letting people know, and I know you guys are just a, a continual, consistent voice letting our policymakers know that we need to be addressing this now because yes. it's coming up upon us. And unless we're planning for that, and the budgets are a two-year cycle, and it just, it's just amazing how we can kick the can down the road, and, but, it, but it's right here. 
the numbers can translate into very subjective action. Um, however, the numbers are what they are, and this is going to happen. It's going to continue happening. In fact, it's already happening. Well, and with people like you in the department there that are keeping track of this, these, these mathematic wizards and statistics uh, people, um, I think it's really important that, um, you know, it was, first of all, it's very, it's very um, fortunate for us to have you guys helping inform our policymakers and our, our leaders and our society on, on what is happening uh, in the marketplace. I think we're set up really well in Minnesota uh, for um, a translation of our data into public policy. I, yeah, I think so. I've, I've talked to other um, uh, practitioners across the country. And as you mentioned, I mean, Arkansas just now is electing a state demographer. Um, right. And you're thinking, wow, there, there's just a lot of work to be done. Um, yeah, and we've had one in Minnesota uh, since the early 70s, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are a very progressive state. Um, um, well, let's keep talking. We, we had mentioned before that there's going to be uh, an inflection point here coming up in two years where there'll be more people that are retired or over 65 than there will be uh, school age, That's which right. is the first time in our history, um, which, which portends to tell us that, again, the amount of hands available and help and support for our aging population is going to be narrowing. It's going to be shrinking, which I talked about in the intro. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands of people taking care of our aging population. Um, and unfortunately, some as, low, as young as eight years old because there's just not enough the resources or not enough availability to do that. That's right. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about some of the concerns that, that, that um, we should be aware of um, in preparing for this big demographic shift? Sure. Um, I think that gets back to what I mentioned earlier in the dependency ratio, where we have those age 0 to through 17, um, the minors under age 18, combined with those 65-plus folks. Um, and when those, when those eclipse each other uh, in 2020, um, it's certainly going to have an effect on where and how we spend our money and... Um, it's also going to have an effect on how much money is available to spend because the working age adults um, will be a smaller share than they used to be. Right. And so just like we talked about Social Security, um, there used to be, uh, when it first started, uh, 19, 1930s, there was 41 people working to support that one beneficiary. Right. Now it's down to two and a half people supporting one beneficiary, and that'll get even smaller. So... Again, things are changing, and we're almost like the frog in the in the beaker. We're we're slowly getting the temperature turned up, and we're not making uh, adjustments here as quickly as we probably should. That's right. Reactionary measures aren't going to serve us well in the long run. That's a great way to say it, Megan. Reactionary measures. Um, well, let's let's talk about you know, as you mentioned the budget, um, and uh, we ha we are in going to have some policymakers on the show here. And we'll talk about some of those issues. But as you say, the largest components of our state budget are education and health care. Right. And as we are seeing from your numbers here, the amount of resources needed to support this group of people that are going to need a lot more health care. In fact, statistics show that over half of all the health care that people use in their lifetime is used in the last six months of their life, which is an amazing uh, statistic. Um, and so as more and more people get into retirement years and are aging, um, then their needs for health care are going to just increase. That's right. Um, and so we, we need to have a lot of people working to help support that. We do, and a lot more planning needs to occur. Um, we can look at um, aging trends and, and um, population pyramids all day, but what it really comes down to is how baby boomers are planning for their long-term care. And what we see is that... Um, most baby boomers are either going to rely on a government program or they just don't know. Which is really scary because hope is not a good strategy. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's a non-strategy, yeah. <laughs> it's a, a non-strategy, but, but the reality is we, we see that a lot. Yeah. Um, um, and that being combined with the fact that 70% of older adults need long-term care. All right. We have a quick a caller here. We've got the last couple of minutes of this segment. I want to get him on, the, uh, get her on the air. Um, Julie, you are yeah, hi. on the air. Hi, Julie. Um, I just, are you, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can hear you fine. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to make a quick comment about Social Security and the baby boomers. 
As you may know, in about 1982, Ronald Reagan and Speaker of the House Chip O'Neill kind of made a deal. Uh, and so they decided to charge the baby boomers. They knew there was an exploding generation come up. Uh, they doubled the amount of Social Security that the boomers uh, had, you know, put into their retirement, to, into take out of their check, in other words. And then the plan was, after the boomers passed away, uh, way down the road, they would put it back to the original rate. So, in fact, I think it's helpful to remember that the baby boomers paid for their parents' retirement and their own. And I just wanted to make that point. That's a great point, Julie. Yes, that's true. And we have had some great policy discussions and some implementations. And, um, but I think the concern that we're, we have today is I don't know if that was enough. Um, but you're right. I tell you, the, these generations that have built this country, have paid for things, have put these programs in place, um, have absolutely done an amazing job. We just need to continue to do that now with a different level of demographics and a different population. So thank you so much for that. We appreciate the call. Um, we've got about a minute left here, uh, Megan. Is there, is there anything we want to just quickly cover before we, um, we bump up against the next break here? Well, the amount of long-term care, I think, is really important for older adults with the 70% um, needing long-term care and also combined with the baby boomers who are not yet planning for it. I think that's a recipe for disaster. I agree. And in fact, uh, disability affects almost two-thirds of all people once they hit 80. So it's a big issue. We are going to be right back here from a short break to continue our conversation with Megan Elizabeth Dayton, Senior Projections Demographer with the Minnesota State Demographic Center. Please stay with us. Are you thinking of selling your house or downsizing to main level living for an easier lifestyle? I'm Janelle Holty with Seller's Edge Home Team and Coldwell Banker Burnett, your agent with heart. My team specializes in selling homes and helping you find the next property for all life stages. Call me today for your free equity assessment. I'll get you moving. That's Janelle Holty at 612-203-9661 or find us online at sellersedgehometeam.com. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with eatlocalminnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, eatlocalminnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. It's Greek to Me has been a family-owned Lynn Lake landmark since 1982. Under new ownership, the Janakis Karis family offers classically inspired modern Greek cuisine in a sublime space with gracious hospitality. Be sure to visit their charming bar and explore wines and specialty drinks from Greece. Find It's Greek to Me at 626 West Lake Street in Minneapolis or at itsgreektomemn.com. Enjoy all the flavors of Milton's, where they specialize in dishes like grilled jerk chicken, shrimp and grits, and much more, all made from scratch. Pick from Milton's large selection of beer and wine and finish it off with desserts like Bananas Foster. Milton's also serves breakfast every day starting at 7.30 a.m. There are lots of ways to stay comfortable in a Minnesota winter. Hot cocoa, warm socks, and Standard's Winter Comfort Sale, where you can save up to $2,090 on a brand new 96% energy efficient furnace. There's also great deals on a variety of other furnaces and boilers. Don't wait. Unlike winter, these deals end November 30th. Learn more about Standard's Winter Comfort Sale at standardheatingdeals.com slash radio. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, comfort you deserve. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. 
For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trust Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Health and Wellness Show. This show is brought to you each week by Minnesota Hospice. You can find them at minnesotahospice.com. My name is Ken Hagelin, and joining me today in studio is Megan Elizabeth Dayton, Senior Projections Demographer with the Minnesota State Demographic Center. And we've been talking about Minnesota's demographic changes and the impact those are going to have on all of us in the coming years and um, let's, let's remind our audience, Megan, about that website that they can look up and get more information about the great work that you and your team do. Sure. All of our uh, data that we make available and our reports and resources are at mn.gov slash demography. All right. And uh, we want to thank uh, the callers for calling in today. Um, we sure appreciate that. And as a reminder to our audience, uh, we are on the air live today and will be available for taking your calls. You can certainly call us at 952-946-6205. Well, Megan, let's get back into our conversation. And this is our last segment. And we've been talking about numbers and trends and statistics and uh, a lot of amazing, important information. But you had shared with me a, a, a bit of your personal story before the show here. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to to talk to the audience about that and share a little bit about your experiences here um, with your father. Sure. I think it's a unique uh, position to be in as a demographer, also having experienced end-of-life care and uh, planning for my father just a couple of months ago. He passed in June. Um, It's also unique to us because he's a baby boomer. He was one of the older baby boomers, and he was 38 when I was born. Um, I'm one of the older millennials, so I think this is a trend where um, we've currently got about you know, 1% of our older adults are planning for um, family to be their caregivers as they as they get older. Um, but we saw that in real time in, in my experience being the caregiver for my father uh, for the last two years of his life and all the way through um, his his care and careful watch with the Fairview Hospice team. Oh, fantastic. And it sounds like you had a great experience with the hospice uh, providers there. We did. They were oh. fantastic from day one. And, and that is what the whole purpose that Medicare created the hospice program here um, about a generation ago. And uh, it's been evolving and changing, and uh, uh, it is just a fantastic uh, specialty to take care of people. It was completely unknown to us when we went into the program. It was it was sink or swim. Uh, we learned everything from the, the hospice team, from the uh, Veterans Affairs Office. My, my father was a Vietnam veteran, um, so we were fortunate enough to have care for him through the hospital, and that transferred over to Fairview when his care exceeded uh, what could be covered at the VA, um, and through his end of life, they they cared for him in my home. Wow, that's fantastic! So he was able to age in home and pass at home. Yes. Right? Okay, and and that uh, eighty-eight to ninety percent of people surveyed want to have that to happen. They they want to die in their home, and rather than dying in a a, a, a community setting or in a, a nursing home, um, they really would prefer to do that. But it takes a lot of work and takes planning. And I want I want you to share with with us some of the things that you experienced in that in that two year time frame where where you opened your home to your father. Uh, you were also uh, having a child at the time. So tell us some more about that experience. Sure, I had a newborn. Uh, he was about six months old, and we had. Um, um, an emergency health crisis with my father. He was living in Michigan at the time, and I was here in Minnesota. Um, I flew over to Michigan to help care for him in the hospital, um, but he was deemed incapacitated, and so we had he didn't have um, any kind of uh, advanced health care directive in place. He was unmarried. Uh, so my sister and I, uh, my sister lives in Florida, um, both out-of-state residents had to deal with um, conservatorship, guardianship, all of those things in order to move him over to um, Minnesota so he could stay with 
uh, a family member rather than being absorbed into uh, elder care in Michigan, nowhere near family who could actually monitor his health care and be an advocate for him. Uh, we got him over to Minnesota, got him established with the Veterans Administration, which was great. They provided um, preventative care for him. We didn't know about his uh, cancer diagnosis until about April of this year when he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Uh, and that's when we were um, caught up with uh, the Fairview Hospice team and they assisted him for the last two months of his life, okay. and he died at home. Yeah. Wow. And again, you mentioned that you weren't aware that, that hospice was a program or that was you know, what hospice even was, and that's part of the reason why we do this show yeah. is that it's, it's, a, it's an amazing prepaid benefit. It doesn't cost the patient or the family anything, and they cover medications, they cover equipment, they cover visits. I mean, it's going back to the old house call mentality yes. with people. And, and uh, I think Fairview Hospice took it to a very personal level, which was wonderful for end-of-life planning. Uh, I felt like they were metaphorically holding my hand the whole way, which was wonderful, while also being there for my dad to comfort him, to keep him comfortable uh, from a medical perspective. I could keep him comfortable from, from a, a heart perspective or, right. you know, whatever we want to call it. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And, and if people understood more about the fact that it's a whole life care it's, it's the whole person care. It's not just the physical and the, and the pain and the comfort side. It's also emotional and spiritual and, and psychological comfort that people can bring in because we have, as I'm sure Fabio has, great social workers, great chaplains. This, this, this team comes in and surrounds both the patient and the family. Yes, they offered uh, touch therapy in the form of massage. They offered music therapy. Someone would come out and play music for him. There was um, a volunteer who would just sit and listen to his stories when I, you know, couldn't, when right. I needed to work. <laughs> to give you respite. They yes. call that respite care. Respite care, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I started from square one. I, he moved here to Minnesota with me, and I called the sen senior linkage line and said, help, and right. they did. Right. Every step of the way. Well, now you are maybe not as typical as maybe other people that we are seeing in our practice. They don't know where to turn. Right. I mean, you are very resourceful. You're, you're a college graduate, and you're very smart in math and statistics and all this kind of stuff. And so you you may have a little different approach to that. And, and I, I really am glad to hear you calling resources like that um, and, and, and engaging those resources because it, it made a big difference for you. Yeah. And it made a difference for your family and your, your father as well. I learned about the senior linkage line while listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on Sunday NPR. <laughs> sure. Because sure. it's advertised. So right, I called. Right, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, and, and Minnesota has an abundance of resources. We are so yeah. fortunate in Minnesota. Uh, we have, and I, I wish I could get all of these resources on the show, and, and that's the goal over the next uh, few months here is to try to get as many of these resources on the show so people know there's a place to turn. Yeah. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, we've got about a minute left here. I want to um, um, just uh, leave some parting thoughts here that, that you could tell us about planning, about we need to be thinking about these things here as individuals and families and as a society. Just from a data perspective, there's two things that we're all going to do in life. We're all going to be born and we're all going to die. Uh, and it seems like the end part of things is the taboo that we don't want to talk about. But by not talking about it, it means that we can't control it, even though we're trying to desperately. Uh, so we need to talk about it. We need to plan for it. And we, we need to do better. All right. Well, Megan, thank you so much here. We are nearing the end of the show. And I want to thank Megan Elizabeth Dayton, Senior Projections Demographer with the Minnesota State Demographic Center. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please feel free to contact us with any questions or comments you have regarding today's conversation or let us know of topics you'd like for us to discuss on future shows. You can reach us by phone or text at 612-999-3426. Please join us again next Saturday at noon for another live broadcast. And thank you again for listening to the Minnesota Health and Wellness Show. And until next time, live well.